So I'd like you to stand to your feet this morning and give Jan, Father Jan, Ubaba Jan, a, a big E.N. Durban welcome this morning. Can we stand to our feet and welcome him? Thank you. Thank you, guys. God bless you. Please be seated. A little bit loud, I think. I was really um, emotional this morning, and I, I didn't know why. Uh, I, I mean, I'm an African, so, you know, I, I know this stuff. I grew up in it. But I think what it is, is there were words in the first song that r- reminded me of my youth. I grew up in Zambia, um, and I was, I was in a little town called Kitwe for many, many years, and uh, around me were always and only black people. Um, the, the folk who worked for us, my dad worked on Anglo-American, and he, he was responsible for uh, a staff of, of 40 men that... Uh, almost brought me up. And so, um, words like Ngena uh, were, were very, very clear to me. Bamba, Hamba, whatever. I, I feel like I've come back to my roots, is I think what happened to me. I'm, I'm, I'm touching things that are deep in me. And uh, I live in Thailand. I've lived in Thailand for 10 years. I miss Sadza, Pup. Uh, I, I've also lived in Zimbabwe. That's why it's Sadza to me. How many Zimbabweans are around here? Yeah, oi! Mangwanani. Yeah, you didn't even answer. Mangwanani, you, that's Shona, right? Mamuka. Yeah, <laughs> it's tough when you can't even speak your own language. <laughs> I'm only playing with you. And so um, we know God is going to do something really special today. Uh, I, I just a uh, uh, quick thing, my tongue is cut from a tooth, and so I sound like I'm lisping. Um, or <laughs> sounds like I've had a couple of whiskeys before I got here. Uh, it's not true. Okay, the lisping uh, is possible. My son, when he was uh, first went to school, he he couldn't speak properly. He needed speech therapy, and so <laughs> he ends his speech therapy and he brings his certificate and he says, "Dad." Look at my certificate. I said, what's it for? He said, for speech therapy. <laughs> Today he's six foot five and he thinks he's a big deal. I'll still give him a hiding. Bless you this morning. Be open in your hearts because God's going to move. If you're visiting, you're visiting because God brought you here. And uh, God's going to break in on your life today. 
Thank you for that one amen. God's going to break in in your life, right? Um, the realm of faith is really important to understand. It's really important to understand that as a church, what is different uh, from a club is that God moves. And so uh, you cannot be sitting here and expect to leave the same as you came. You have an appointment with heaven this morning. And so already the Holy Spirit is filling this place. And the amount we put a demand on him is the amount he responds. The key to manifestation is desperation and expectation. If you have no expectation, you put no demand. What do you want God to do for you today? What, what, how would you like to leave here? Because it's not about young Nell. All I am is a vessel. And that vessel will allow God to move freely because I'm in faith for God to do a miraculous meeting today. I've already seen the meeting. I already know what's going to happen. It's up to you whether you pull on that and receive from it. Paul says to the Corinthian church, he says, I couldn't speak to you as spiritual because you were still carnal. You, you fought amongst each other. You were jealous. You, you, you couldn't get on with each other. So, so he had said in, in chapter 2 that the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit because they are spiritually discerned. We are supposed to understand the spirit realm. We are supposed to walk in the spirit realm. When, when God made us and put us on this earth, he expected us to be his people that walked in the power of his spirit and created supernatural events that destroyed the works of darkness. So everywhere we go, you, if you don't understand this, everywhere you go, you carry on you a spiritual power that changes atmospheres when you walk in. Your actions can totally change the house you're visiting. Luke chapter 10 verse 5, you will find Jesus has just sent out the 72 or 70, depending on your version, and they go throughout the, the villages. And he gives them instructions to do what the church does exactly backwards. He says, when you come to a house, speak peace to that house. Listen now. So peace then travels to that house. It says, if there is a man of peace, the, the peace will settle. It's great seeing you again. You're quite a nifty little dancer, but I'm going to just tell you. I'm glad they didn't pull me up there. Would you believe I'm a grandparent? Don't nod your head. It's not a good thing. And so that peace travels 
it hits the house, it, it searches for a person of peace. It has to attach to something. And if there's not a person of peace, you know what happens? It returns to you. Peace is a tangible power that travels through the air. And when it finds a resting place, it adjusts the atmosphere of the place it landed in. Now, now you listen to me. Who's got an amplified Bible with them right now? Can read instantly. Nobody. All right. You got it. Go. Let's go. Luke chapter 10, verse 5. I want you to read slowly, please, Mike. I don't mean... I mean, just don't rush through it, okay? Go. Which means? Freedom from all the distresses that result from sin be with this family. Thank you. Freedom from all the distresses that result from sin on this family. So you walk into a house, there is an atmosphere controlled by demonic activity that is allowed to be there. It continues to suppress you, depress you, because of all the junk that's gone on in your house in the days before. The fighting, the lying, the cutting, the cursing. You understand? You walk up to that house, you speak to that house, peace. Peace leaves you because you have the peace. Jesus says, my peace, I leave with you. Oh, just so I can bask in peace. No, so you can send it. So you send it into a house. When it lands, the atmosphere gets delivered from all the distresses that result from sin. So that when you walk in, You are not walking into warfare, you're walking into an open heaven. I hope you counselors are listening to me. So before you walk in a room to counsel somebody, before you go to somebody's house to counsel somebody, what are you supposed to do? Get out your car, peace to that house in Jesus' name, so that it enters adjusts, you knock on the door, they are ready to receive. Do you you understand? Trying to help you understand that we are supposed to be people that walk in the realm of the Spirit. The reason why that we're talking about winning in Babylon, the reason why we're not winning is because, number one, we don't know our assignment. Our assignment, ladies and gentlemen, is to, wherever we go, adjust what's going on around us. Uh, A pastor many years ago introduced me. He said, I'd heard about this, uh, Pastor Jan Nell, he said, and um, he got out the car and he didn't know who I was. And he said, I saw this guy next to me who I thought was a... uh, Either mafia or a bouncer. <laughs> he says he walked, 
I walk in, in with him and we sit down and, and of course I never really look like a preacher. I mean, I don't know what a preacher is supposed to look like, but I've never looked like one. Nobody has ever guessed I'm a preacher. I asked them, what do you think I am? <laughs> it's always something really derogatory. <laughs> anyway. I, I mean, I, I don't look so bad, do I, my bud? I mean, you wouldn't mind meeting me in a dark alley at night, would you? <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Anyway, so <laughs> he, he gets into the meeting and uh, they introduce the guest speaker. Pastor Young Nell is, is going to be chatting to us. And he says, up you get. So I couldn't believe it. And he says, the first thing you say, which got me angry, is that our job is supposed to be to change atmospheres wherever we go. He said, you say, every place you walk into, you change an atmosphere. He said, I've never met such an arrogant pastor. He says, now I've known him for a number of years. And everywhere he goes, he changes the atmosphere. We don't know what we can do until somebody tells us. And unfortunately in the church, what we've been told is, we've been told protocol, we've been told process, we've been told program, but we've never been told power. Paul, when he arrives to the Corinthians, he says, when I came to you, I didn't come to you with wise, that's 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4. He said, I didn't come to you with wise and persuasive words of men's wisdom, but with demonstrations of the spirit and power that your faith would not rest in the wisdom of men but in the power of God what this earth needs is not another movie of aliens or weirdos or guys coming out of the dead we need we need to fulfill what people are looking for by showing them the church they need to see the power of God they need to see signs and wonders if you'll open your heart right now, God is going to start to move on you. You're going to get delivered from stuff right now in this meeting. Stuff is going to come off of you right now. I speak peace over this church. Is there a man of peace? Is there a woman of peace? Just receive it. It's going to fall on you and it's going to adjust what's going on in your home. I'm sending it by faith. You are receiving it. The problem in the church today, we don't send anything. This is one of the first churches I've heard where they said, where they say, let's pass on generational blessing. I'm sitting there going, I can't believe it. Somebody's got it. We all believe about generational curses. What are we going to believe about generational blessing? You connect to me, you changed. I'm telling you right now. I'm going to fall on you. You understand what's in me? The spirit of the living God that has anointed me is going to fall on you. All my sons and daughters do great things. Why? Because I'm amazing. No. Because I have the faith that God is that big in me. Hey, listen, he who created the universe lives in me. Is there anything impossible? 
I want to encourage you. We live, my wife and I live in Thailand alone in, in a little place where there's no church. We have no fellowship. We have no support. We have not had a salary. We do not get money. For, for the 10 years we've been married, we walk by faith. Nobody knows what we need, but we get it. We, we haven't just made it. We have built properties. I have traveled the world over and over. I live in, rest, uh, in hotels, eat in restaurants, drive vehicles. God gives me everything I need, and I've always got nothing. I'm telling you, there is a power. There is a, 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 a God who is alive who wants to do things for you that you could never believe and do things through you that will freak you out. Many of my churches that I oversaw and planted um, were, were in Zimbabwe. And one of them was under a, a good friend of mine called Peter Mabasa. And Peter, I trained for the apostolic ministry uh, many, many years ago, grew to be a, a, a sizable church, about 400 people, and he invited me in one evening. But he said, Yanni, these are, are street people, most of these. Um, they've gone through hell. So I was ready for God, because Yannel's not going to do anything. I can't take up an offering and do something for them. I, I want to see them change from the inside. I get up to preach. I did not come to you with wise and persuasive words, with wisdom, but with demonstrations of the spirit and power. I get up to preach, finish preaching, and I knew the atmosphere changed. The power switch switched on. I felt in the spirit behind me starting. Have you ever seen these car washes with big brushes that turn? From one side of the wall to the other, this thing started turning. I knew when it came past me. I knew when it dropped down onto the level where the folk were. And I knew when it was going to hit the first row. When it hit the first row, remember, I'm not saying, okay, everybody fall over. <laughs> I'm not pushing anybody. I'm just standing there. First row, bud. Everybody's down. Second row, everybody's down. Third row, everybody's down. All the way to the back. When it hit the wall, it, it re reversed. Instead of going like this, it came like this. Back to me. As it came over, people started to get delivered of demons. People started to get set free. People started to cry. People started to laugh. People started to shake. People started to get healed. I just stood watching. No show, no clever stuff, just God. Yeah. By the time it got to the front, there was a kid lying on the floor, uh, young, 12 years old. I said to Peter, Peter, what's going on with this kid? He's this kid's just screaming. He said, Pastor this kid lives on the streets. And every night, men abuse him. It's been like that for years. We watched him change physically. His face transformed. 
For half an hour, he screamed. For half an hour, he laughed. And when he stood up, he was totally transformed. How do we become like that? How, how do we move in that, that sort of place where God can move powerfully? God wants, God wants the church to catch an understanding that we are not supposed to lean on our own understanding. That, that please, please listen very well. When God tells you to do something, it is almost 100% guaranteed you can't and you don't have enough money to do it and you don't have enough time to do it. Please settle that for once and for all. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is not asking you to do what you can do. God's asking you to do what he can do. All he wants you to do is obey and believe. Oh, Pastor Yanni, I don't know if I can make the apostolic adventure. I mean, you know, I've got to pay for the flights and I've got to... Did God tell you to go? Yes. So what you're saying is God says you must go. And you are saying circumstances are bigger than your command. I asked them straight. I said, do you believe God has told you to do what you're supposed to do? They go, yeah. So why haven't you done it? Well, I don't have the resources. Wake up. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 said, He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's already given it. All you need for what you have to do on earth is in your account. All you've got to do is, is pick up when the SMS comes in. Beep. Message from heaven. Read it. I want you to bless your brother, your sister, your friend with an amount of cash. Not an invitation, but a command. Your duty is to say, I know that what he's just told me to do, I can do. <coughs> Excuse me. I have nothing in the bank. But I am now going to walk towards that person's house. And I know that between now and when I get there, money is going to show up. Now you're walking down the road. Where are you going? I'm going to go and bless my brother with money. Really? How much? 5,000 rand. Have you got it on you? No. You're going to stop at an ATM? No. So where are you going to get the money? Um, it's going to just land. We look foolish. We look foolish. Turn right down this street, stop outside this home, knock on the door. 
and tell the couple God is, God is going to restore their marriage. I was in Kempton Park, I don't know, 35 years ago. God says to me, you get in your car now. Drive down um, towards Tembisa. Turn, turn right. How many of you know Kempton Park? You know what I'm talking about, right? Head down towards Tembisa. Turn right down the street. Turn left down the street. Pull up in front of this house. Knock on the door. When they come to the door, tell them you come to speak to them about their marriage. They open the door. Here's this guy. He, he looks like he wants a fight instantly. <laughs> he says, can I help you? I said, I'm here to help you with your marriage. He said, come in. He said, I prayed 20 minutes ago and asked God to send somebody. He said, we are busy signing the divorce papers right now. So I said, just bring them here, tear them up, throw them away. It's the last time you're going to need those. He became one of my key players in my church. Has a seeing gift. Knows what's going on before it happens. Totally transformed by the power of God. Delivered from alcoholism, delivered from drugs. Set free. Oh, I wish I could see something like that. Why haven't you? Why haven't you? um, Well, I'm not a pastor. Cut it out. I don't care what you have studied. Your cleverness is your problem. I could not speak to you as spiritual, but carnal. You're thinking out of your head. You don't understand that when heaven speaks, miracles are about to happen. It's not maybe you have already lived this before you were born. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I'll tell you what I'm talking about. God designed you and planned all the good works for you to do before the foundation of the earth. I don't have a scripture for that. Good, I'm going to give you one. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. You are his workmanship. You are his poema. You are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, listen, to do good works which he prepared beforehand that you should walk in. So all the miracles are, are already waiting for you to be done. All the signs and wonders, all the, 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 the winning of the lust, all the healing of the brokenhearted, all the setting free of captives, all of it has already been done for you. God is waiting for you to get with the program. Babylon. Babylon is supposed to be pushed back. Babylon is supposed to be taken over. We need a Daniel. Daniel 11.32. Them that know their God are strong and can do exploits. You've got to know your God. That means you have an intimate knowledge of God. You have an intimate knowledge of how He works. You have an intimate knowledge of His, His presence right now. You know what's going on in the atmosphere above you right now. 
The atmosphere has changed three times in this meeting. You will know it, but you don't know it. Because you live out of natural senses, you don't live out of spiritual senses. You don't practice picking up the voice of the Spirit, the intent of the Spirit, the emotion of the Spirit. You are supposed to be full of the Spirit. That means totally yielded to the Spirit. Romans 8.14 says, He that is led by the Spirit is the mature child of God. We've got to be able to know when the Holy Ghost speaks. Now we've got, to, we've got to have such a confidence, we've got to have such a trust that God is not playing with you. He's not trying to make you look like an idiot. He's trying to make you overcome Babylon. He's trying to make you a person that takes ground, that is eagerly, illegally held. Jesus spent four hours in the morning, every morning, hearing from headquarters. He said, I only do that which my father shows me. So he watched the video of his day before his day came. So he spent four hours with God in the morning to spend one minute with a man. We spend one minute with God and we spend four hours with people. We don't know what's going on. We meet a person we don't even understand. Is, is God joining us in the spirit? I want to tell you, if you, if you join a church because it seems to be the, the right one at this time, and you have not been, you did not have a jump in your spirit from the, from the Holy Spirit, you're in the wrong church. Because God joins us by the spirit. It's not, a, it's not a clever move, strategic. Well, I don't know if we can use this guy. God will send you people that are useless. And you will be excited in your spirit about how useless they are. Because with that comes a, a sure and certain knowledge Found in Colossians 1, 27 and 28, Paul says, I make it my aim to present each person complete. That word complete in the Greek is the word telios. Telios means the ability to see the end from the beginning. So when I look at Andre uh, 18 years ago, I, I, could, I could see Andre where he was, but I could see Andre where he was going. I had a telios, and this is the problem. When we choose people, we treat them according to the place they're in instead of the potential they're going to arrive at. So we talk to them like failures. We talk to them like idiots. We talk to them like losers instead of talking them into their destiny. What are you, what are you talking about? I'm talking about Gideon. Hiding in the wine press from the Amalekites. The angel stands next to him and says, Hi, idiot. No, he doesn't. What does he say? Hail, thou mighty man of valor. 
He wasn't speaking to his current position. He was speaking to his future prophetic destiny. You need to call out what's in people. The spirit realm calls out things. We speak and it is. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. You, you and I have cursed ourselves throughout our lives. We can't do this. Man, I, I, I don't know that this is ever going to work. You know, my marriage is just a pain. Well, you've just signed for the package. Because the process of faith is number one, you hear, then you believe, then you see, then you speak, and then you prepare for it to arrive. When you speak, you sign for the package. Fear works exactly the same as faith. You hear, you believe, you see it. I'll give you an example. Went into the shower the one day, showering, lump on my chest. First thing I hear, Say it. How did you know that? Because that we are not unaware of his tactics. 2 Corinthians 2.11. We know his tactics. The moment that something different happens to you, he's going to sell you a bad report. You're going to die. Already your brain's going... Wake up in the morning. <coughs> oh, I'm, I'm getting flu. So what happens is you hear it, you believe it, you see it. Oh. <coughs> right? Better get the blankets out. I better phone the boss. Preparation. And then your, your partner walks up to you and says, you don't look good. I'm getting in the flu. You've just signed for the package. It's going to arrive. That's why you take every thought captive and bring it obedient under Christ. You don't suck up everything that hits your head. Babylon fights on the head. And you have got to, if you do not have a word on every aspect of life, if you do not know the word on it, on every aspect of life, finances, relationships, health, if you don't know the word, if the word's in the Bible, not in your heart, you've got a problem. You have nothing to fight with. Because the, the realm of fighting, the, the weapons of our warfare, 1 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5, the weapons of our warfare are mighty. They're not carnal. Your battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities and powers, Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. You've got to know, ladies and gentlemen, that you are not loved by, by hell. 
you are hated. And today's message is going to get them to hate you even more. But you're going to whip some backsides today. You're going to take over where you have been taken over. You do not have to bow your knee to what you're hearing and what you're feeling. I don't care what your circumstances are. If God is for you, who can be against you? He always causes you to triumph. Get ready to win. Get ready to break through. Get ready to do the miracles. Start to live out of the spirit. Don't live out of the natural. Stop going with what makes sense to you. Stop listening to the naysayers. Get rid of friends that constantly tell you you can't. Hang around people that always say I can. I I love everybody, but I don't hang out with everybody. The moment you start talking like it's not going to happen and, you know, well, I don't know about that, you know. Cluck, cluck, I cut you out. I mean, not from being a friend, but being in my presence. I can't afford, I've, I've got too much to do. I can't afford to have people around me talking rubbish. I want to tell you, my wife and I see a miracle at least once a week. We live in the realm of signs and wonders. Everywhere I go, when God, when God determines it's going to be a meeting with power, things happen. Whether men want it or not. You don't know how many times I've gone to churches and they want, to, they want me to preach and shut up. This man is the first man in the history of my ministry who leaned over to me and said, if you feel God wanting to do anything, please go for it. First man. Everyone else is sitting going, I wonder who this guy is. I don't want to give him some space. I mean, how many of you know a city called Mutari? In uh, Zimbabwe, right. I go to Mutari, ministering in the church. The pastor is paranoid about me. The moment I finish preaching, he jumps up and runs to grab the, the mic. He grabs the mic and he goes... Well, that's him out. So his son is co-pastor. He jumps up and goes and grabs the mic from his father. Goes, kunk. So I pick up the mic. I said, anybody else want to have a try? God's going to do what God wants to do, man. That night a whole lot of women got... Um, healed, delivered from curses they couldn't have children and you know in the Shana makeup if you can't have a child as a woman you're in trouble man they got, I mean that night God made babies just fantastic people got healed of all types of weird sicknesses 
And the pastor probably had been there for 20 years and nobody ever got changed. Because he liked to work in the natural, not in the spiritual. He wasn't picking up what the Holy Ghost was doing. He wasn't picking up the next move of the Holy Spirit. He didn't know when to stop speaking. He didn't know when to release power. He didn't know when to change the idea. The, 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 he walked the flesh. That's the mic going. I know this church backwards. Thank you. <laughs> Six months before I go to uh, an international ministers conference in 1986, I'm invited to go and speak in a place called um, Battersea Park in London. And uh, there, there are about uh, 1,200 leaders coming from around the world, and they asked me to do the signs and wonders section which I don't quite know what they meant by that. But anyway, so I had to do the signs and wonders section. Anyway, so just six months before I go, I start feeling my heart. Strange, really weird feelings. And the first thought was, you're having a heart attack. I just, I, I know the game. So I go, no, I'm not. God's showing me something cancel that thought and I'm going to be well until the day that I'm promoted. And by the way, I can be promoted by going to sleep or just disappearing. I might disappear one day. <laughs> Anything can happen. I think we believe for too little. I, I think we should see angels every a few weeks. We should see them moving around us. Oh, I, I'm really weird. I really am. But the difference is, I've watched people raised from the dead. I've watched people healed from unbelievable sicknesses. I've watched people that are idiots become the greatest ministries that are now household names. Personally, I don't go to church to see uh, how well the pastor preached. I'm not there as a spectator to, to critique what happened. I want to come to a church where God is moving in such a way that you know the atmosphere is energized and anything is possible at any moment. That the Holy Spirit runs the meeting, not me. I'll get this. Six months. Man, I get up in, in a place called Southampton in a suburb called Portswood, Southampton. Get up to preach. These guys haven't really been briefed as to who I am or you just didn't want to tell anybody. <laughs> so they get up and they say, good morning everybody. Um, we have a preacher from uh, Zimbabwe visiting us today and I wonder if the speaker could come forward please. Great introduction. <laughs> who are you? So I get up, and as I stand up, the Lord says, he's here. I knew what he meant. I said, there's a man in this room. These are the, the symptoms you've been having for six months. 
you think you're having a heart attack and are going to die. You haven't gone to a doctor because you're too scared. I said, if that's you, get here. Guy jumped up from the back of the, the auditorium, comes sprinting down the aisle. As he gets halfway, I say, be healed in Jesus' name. He plows into the carpet. He's down. Good morning, everybody. My name is Jan Nell. I didn't come to you with wise and persuasive words of men's wisdom. I came to you with demonstrations of the spirit and power. I came to you today to tell you, you're supposed to carry around supernatural uh, manifestations everywhere you go. I walk into a restaurant the other day. Uh, it's one of those buffet type restaurants where they serve you from the back. They say, what do you want? And they put it all together, like a Portuguese thing. They put it all together. It's in a place called Waterbury in Connecticut. Put it all together, and then they bring it to you at the table. I look at this girl who's serving me, and I, I know her from a church meeting before. Anyway, so she comes to me, and uh, while she's coming, Holy Spirit starts speaking. and tells me four things about her. She walks up, I said, uh, sweetie, do you mind if I tell you what God's saying about you? She said, I would love it. I tell her the four things. She starts to cry uncontrollably. I, I want you to understand, this is a restaurant. People are all around. Starts to cry uncontrollably. I said, why are you crying? It's good news. She said, I asked God four things. You've answered each one. She said, this morning I woke up, listen to this. She said, I told God, if you do not speak to me today, I'm not staying another day on this earth. I'm out. When I get home tonight, it's over. I chose the restaurant by leadership of the Holy Ghost. I had three to choose from. I picked up the one that I sensed was right, not which had the food I wanted. Are you listening? You do not live for yourself. You're a servant. You're on divine assignment. I said to you, give me your hand. I took her hand, I, I, I cast out the demon of suicide. She got hit by the power of God. She started to laugh. She got as drunk as a skunk. And she started to fall all over the tables, just whooping and shouting in Jesus' name. She just blessed the Lord, honored him. The restaurant is looking at me like, what the hang have you just given her? You know what I'm saying? Set free in an instant, in a restaurant, no music, no atmosphere. No lights. No pumping myself up before the meeting. Knowing that he is in me and he is with me. And if he leads me and I walk in faith and I do what he says and I take the risks. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Bless you. R-I-S-K. It's never easy. I've been made an idiot of by God so many times I'm used to it. <laughs> Sitting in an airplane flight from a place called Sarasota Bradenton in Florida. I'm going to Chicago. 
for, uh, took off in the plane. I'm talking about a big plane. I'm sitting next to a mother and, a, and her daughter, a daughter about 21 mothers, sort of my age. As we are taxiing down the, the runway, this little girl is, is, is nervous. I said to her, Mom, what's wrong? She says she, she cannot handle flying. She, she, she gets petrified. Anyway, we take off and, and she's hyperventilating her stomach. You've got a tight shirt on her stomach. It's looking like this. All of a sudden, the plane starts to throw itself around. I have never been on a plane that gets chucked around like that. I mean, we like, like this. And it's going on and on. And now this little girl is whimpering. I see tears coming from behind her sunglasses. I said to her mom, uh, do, you, do you mind if I pray for her? She said, I don't mind. Ask her. So I said, sweetheart, can I pray for you? She said, I prayed three times already. <laughs> I said, well, that's okay, but let me pray for you. Okay, give me your hand. As I took her hand, the power of God hit her. She was out. She got delivered of a spirit of fear instantly. Done. Now, now this is where I look like the idiot. God says to me, command it to stop. I went, come on, Lord. I said, okay, I'll just whisper. He said, you speak it loud into the plane. Come on, guys, can you imagine the situation? Bus is heading off the edge of a cliff, and you've got to say to it, Fly. This thing, is, this thing is getting chucked by nature. I, I forgot that we have authority over nature. <laughs> oh, only some of you caught that one. So, okay, look, it's useless fighting with God. You know, it's just going to go on and on and on. So I just, you know, closing your eyes always helps. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, stop in Jesus' name. Plane goes. Everybody turns around and looks at me. And somebody says, how did you do that? I said, I'm glad you asked. I am a born preacher, man. Give me a break and I'm in. I stood there and I told them about the power of God and a God that loves us. And that life can become turbulent for us. But if you call on God, God is able to deliver you from the most turbulent. I think a whole lot of them looked at me like, flip, that's a weirdo. But a whole lot of them got touched by God. That little girl went back to her school as as a teacher. She's a teacher. She found every kid that had fear. And she got them delivered from the spirit of fear. Every kid. I wish I could have preached my sermon. I wanted to talk to you about the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Amalekites. I wanted to... I'm glad I didn't give you my PowerPoint. I'm sorry, Pastor. I went the wrong way. For natural man. 
God is going to deposit a new level of power into this church. He told me that from today, you are going to see manifestations of signs and wonders that you have never seen before. Get ready for it. It's not going to come through just the leadership. It's going to come through you. You are going to walk up to people and they're going to be set free the moment you touch them. I want you to know you carry divine power. You're going to have to learn how to flow with the Holy Ghost. I, I understand that the pastor is a surfer. Uh, the surfer, you have to pick up what the wave is doing, I should imagine. I haven't tried. But, but you've got to move with what's pushing you. And with the Holy Ghost, you, you're busy talking here and he says it's there. And you've got to move. You're busy preaching, he says prophesy. You're busy preaching, he says release healing. Reach your hand into the air if you want to be used by God supernaturally. I want to settle this first. You have the Holy Spirit in you if you've been born again. You've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. You qualify for signs and wonders at an unusual level. I want you to know right now that um, it is not you. It's, you do not qualify. You know, we don't, it's not where we go to church, how clever we are. It, the qualification is... From this day, I'm yours. You want to use me, I'll turn left when I have to turn left. I'll turn right when I have to turn right. I'll give when I have to give. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do. I'm going to practice riding the wave. I'm going to practice flowing in the Spirit. I am going to start the morning by getting instructions. Before I go out the door, I'm already going to have a video of my day. So that, Lord, I can do what you call me to do. do. Receive right now. Here it comes. It comes like a waterfall. It comes like a cloud. Let it just settle on you. You go, oh, well, I don't feel any. I don't want you to feel anything. I want you to just receive it. It's on you. Settle it right now. Your whole makeup is changing this moment. I want you to go home. I want you to lay hands on something that's sick. Dog, cat, mouse. I don't care what it is. Lay hands on stuff that's sick and get them healed. I want you to go home speak peace into your house. I want you to declare in every atmosphere you're going to work in that you're going to change that atmosphere. Every hotel room I go to, when I get to the hotel room, I cover the lintel with the blood of Jesus. I command darkness to get out of the room. I release the presence of the Holy Ghost. I sanctify the place. And from that moment, God, God owns that area to manifest the supernatural. So that while I'm dreaming, while I'm, I'm thinking, supernatural thoughts are coming. I have no, in, uh, I have no in, interruptions. Many of you, you go wherever you want to and you never command that where you're going to will change. You don't realize that it's your duty to dominate. Have dominion. Set this free, this church free, Lord. To go like foxes amongst the 
the, the areas that are held by the enemy. That their tails are on fire and they're going to set the place on fire. That, Lord, we're going to hear about miracles in the, the workroom, in the hospital, in the restaurant. We're going to hear even tomorrow, Lord, of testimonies of people that have heard you and done it and watched you do the impossible. Whatever gift God has given you, use it. If you're a giver, practice giving in the most unusual ways. If you have a passion for people who are sickness, lay hands on them. Final thing I felt the Lord say He wants to do with you is He wants to teach you how to pass on blessing. The Abrahamic covenant is one where in uh, Genesis chapter 12, God says, whatever you bless will be blessed. I want you to know that your kids are going to be what they are because of what you say over out of your mouth every single day. My wife's name is Aritzara. I don't call her Aritzara. I don't even call her Sarah. When I speak to her first thing in the morning, her name is Woman of God. I say, Woman of God, you're on assignment again this morning. As your husband, I bless you. That wherever you go, the favor of the Lord is upon you and surrounds you like a shield. That you will have unusual victories today. That you will have unusual wisdom today. That you'll know to do what men who have been trained for 12 years don't even know. I declare you will not fail in anything you put your hand to today, but you'll succeed. That the joy of the Lord will be your strength. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you're writing, write this down. Five things you have got to keep doing. They are eternal activities. You have to do them. Daniel was who he was because he built into himself a behavior pattern. At 16 years old, when he entered Babylon, the most ungodly, the most demonic city that we've ever known, he was not intimidated by that city. He was going to take over that city and that whole empire. He was going to be used by God to change the direction. He had keys. He knew what he had to do to stay in a position of being um, not affected by what he's in, but affect what he is in. How did he do that? Five things shall we go. You'll find the one, the first one in Psalm 34 verse 1. David makes this statement. His praise will continually be in my mouth. David's key, David's key. In 1 Samuel 30, David ran into great trouble with his men. He lost everything they had. They had to chase the Amalekites. And he, in a moment of time, turned that situation around. Uh, what it, it says, David strengthened himself in the Lord. How did he do that? I'll tell you the first thing is he praised. Praise means to boast about God. You've got to constantly be, be speaking about who God is into the atmosphere. My God is, is a provider. My God is a healer. My God is a, a strengthener. Uh, I can do all things through Christ. You need to be praising God. You need to be speaking constantly. People who don't know this simple truth, 
end up wearing out and, and, and losing momentum. You, you understand as long as you are praising God, God is going to move dramatically. I found out in all my years of ministry, I found the key to releasing the supernatural. And that is to live a life of praise. I'm talking about when I'm in my car, I'm going down 120 k's an hour down the highway. Um, is that the speed limit? <laughs> Depends on each other. So I'm going down. My knees are holding the steering wheel. My hands are swinging. I am praising God on my way to my next meeting. When I walk into the meeting, they don't even know I'm there. The power of God starts to hit people. They start to shake. They start to fall under the power of God. How did that happen? Because I've been in the presence of God. I praised Him. I see how great He is. I sing His praises. David knew that thing. Second one. I'm going to move quickly. Second is found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15, following. Do good always. Be a person that is constantly looking for an opportunity to do good to somebody else. You should, before you come to church today, have five people on your mind and what you can do for them before you got here. Do you understand? Encourage one another while it's called today. You don't always have to give things, but give something. So walk up to somebody, just say, uh, you know, you look fantastic. Listen, that youth group today who played are not average human beings. These guys are going to go big places. I wish they were around so I could tell them. I want to tell you the ladies in this uh, place are dressed spectacularly. You, you look very, very smart. It's great to see people who care for themselves who have a sense of, of, of pride. Where I travel today, man, uh, uh, you know, they used to sing, she had an itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, yellow polka dot bikini. These days, it's a yellow polka dot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do good to everybody. Find an opportunity to bless someone somehow. Third, rejoice in the Lord sometimes. May I say, get rid of the look like you've been baptized in vinegar. Learn to put a smile on your dial. Learn to put some joy in your heart. You say joy is a feeling. Uh, I mean, I can't put it on. No, joy, joy is a choice. Joy is a choice. I choose to be joyful. I choose to be happy. I wish I could really preach on this because uh, you think they're just words. I'm telling you, listen to me, they are gates into eternal blessing. They are the gates. You say, what are you talking about? I'll tell you. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's the next one. In your heart. Enter his courts with? You know. These are divine access points. And if you don't live them, you will never know what it is to walk in the spirit. 
I can tell you troubles until you cry. The whole, a whole lot of you will cry. I've had so many bad things happen to me that, man, I, I could take up years just telling you about what's gone wrong. I have not met a person that's been through more trouble than me. Not one. But I've chosen. I've chosen to be joyful. I've chosen to be thankful. I get up in the morning, man, and the first words on my lip is, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, today is going to be full of you and me. I don't wake up going... I've got to preach at every nation. I, I wonder how it's going to go. I'm going to preach at every nation, and I just want to thank you, Lord, that you're going to do some great things. That people are going to be blessed. People are going to be changed. People are going to get healed. People are going to get set free. I thank you. I don't thank you for the problems. I thank you for the victories that are coming. That's why it says in Psalm 47, verse 1, Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. That is not after you get the victory. That is before you get the victory. You need to face your problem. Get up and start to jump up and down. Clap your hands and shout the victory. And just say, that's it. I've got it. It's mine. Thankfulness is the key to bringing your answer. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the ten lepers that came to Jesus. He heals ten of them. One comes back. Now they're healed, all right? One comes back and says, thank you. He says, weren't there there ten of you? He says, because of your faith, you are made whole. Some people only live at the healed. They don't get the whole. Because they've never learned to say thank you. I'm talking about channels from heaven, guys. Pray without ceasing. Some people actually pray should have been put panic. Because most people only pray when they're panicking. Prayer is not about uh, suddenly having to access God because I've got a problem. Prayer is about praying a thing into victory before you even face it. And, And I just want you to know, God is never moved by emotion. God, please, God, take another day. We think the more we cry, the more he listens. He is touched, but he's not moved. There's only one thing that moves God. His word. Until you can walk in and say, Father, you wrote and you said no man has left house home for my sake that will not receive a hundredfold in this life. And so, Lord, I just want to remind you this building I'm building for you, you promised it to me. So thank you. You're going to give me all the money I need to finish it, right, Andre? We're going to finish it by December. Agree with me. I'm thankful. I already see the building done. I see 14 people on the first apostolic adventure on January the 15th. I see them already there. I see them getting off the plane, getting into our bus that was given us. Because we called it in. 
You've got to live in the spirit realm, guys. You've got to understand. So how many have I done for you? Number one, praise continually be on our lips. Second, rejoice in the Lord. Always. What was the second? You do good always. Rejoice in the Lord. Number four, make sure you give thanks. Number five, make sure you pray without ceasing. Nope, not panic without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And I will tell you, you will live in a realm of the supernatural like you've never seen it before. It is my daily practice. And constantly, God opens the doors for the most incredible breakthroughs. May God bless you, receive it. May God keep you. May God's face shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance to you. May you live in the power of his grace and the cover of his peace. Because I ask it in Jesus' name. You receive it and said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much.